0: Hey, everybody, it's Robin McMahon here. You are listening to Parenting Our Future. I have a pretty cool guest. I got to say, you know, I keep saying that I have all these amazing guests. Well, Lisa Schaub is with me today. And I got to tell you, she is so far one of the people who I have been dying to do uh, a podcast with. We talked before this podcast recording and we just had the most fun conversation and, uh, and we just, everything that we, we talked about was so great. So I cannot wait for you to listen to this. So let me just tell you a little bit about Lisa. She has 30 years experience as a practicing psychotherapist and 40 years experience as a freelance writer. Lisa has authored 18 self-help books for children, teens and adults including the international bestsellers The Anxiety Workbook for Teens and the Self-Esteem Workbook for Teens Teens. She has been interviewed as an expert for the article for articles appearing in The New York Times, Scholastic Choices magazine, Teen Vogue, Psych Central, Today's Parent, Parent Circle, and The Mother Company, among others. She is all kinds of awesome, and I am so happy to welcome her here. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here and be talking to you again. Yes. Oh, me too. You and I just had just the best conversation not too long ago, and, uh, and I just love everything that you have to say. And what yeah. you really talk about is, is about emotions and emotional health. And so I really wanted to just start right away and dive right in to why
1: is emotional health so important? Okay, well, that's a good question. And because <laughs> not, everybody, not everybody knows what it is or understands it, yeah. and like, well, why do we, what's that? Why do we have to deal with that? And so actually, social and emotional health is, you know, our ability to... Manage ourselves emotionally, not just intellectually or physically, but to think about who we are on the inside, um, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with other people, how we cope with life, um, our our abilities to manage our emotions um, with ourselves or with other people. But it's all it's the internal stuff. Um, the five. Tenets have come up with uh, some of our social-emotional learning organizations now. One is self-awareness, which I completely agree with. That's emotional health. Self-management, how do I handle myself with my emotions, too. Social awareness, how do I handle myself with other people. Relationship skills, same. And responsible decision-making. And I, I can throw a whole lot of other things in there, too, but but those are um, some of the most dominant ones that come up. So... Why is this important? And my story, which I've told you before, is that you can be the smartest um, <laughs> straight-A honors student graduating as a valedictorian from Harvard. But if you're not emotionally stable and emotionally healthy, none of that matters. You won't go anywhere because you need to be able to hand yourself as a human being in a society with other human beings. Mm. So that's why this is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because it's it's been somewhat neglected as far as um, what we're presenting to our children um, and lately starting to come more into the spotlight. So educating the whole child and social-emotional learning are becoming kind of the buzzwords today, which is... I'm so happy. I'm just, I'm so glad it's, I think it's long overdue, but yeah. I'm a therapist. So. <laughs> That's
0: yeah. It. Well, the, and the reality is, is that, you know, most parents are focused so much on our kids' education, their yes. IQ, their education, you know, yes. what schools are they going to go to? What are they going to do? You know, what, yes. are, you know, all of this stuff, but we're, we're not making the connection or have it up until this point, maybe yeah. made the connection that, you know, if, if you can't understand your own emotion, if you don't have coping skills, if you can't relate to other people, be in relationship with other people, well, it doesn't matter how smart you are. If your emotional intelligence is not there, then you're going to be that person that nobody wants to be in relationship with. Nobody wants to hire. Nobody wants to promote, even if you do get the job, right? Right.
1: right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't right. matter. Right. Yeah. And we, all, we kind of talk about in the psychology field that mm-hmm. your ability to Work and to love are two main indicators of you know how how successful you're going to be in life and how happy you're going to be in life. Mm-hmm. And both of those involve. Well, I suppose you could work all by yourself with no other people, <laughs> um, maybe. But we always have to interact with people, and and so yeah. so much of our our work life, and of course our our love life, our relationships, whether mm-hmm. that's a romantic relationship or a friendship, um, or parent child. Has to do with our ability to handle ourselves and our ability to handle ourselves with other people. Right. So and
0: important. you know, you mentioned parents, and I mean, talk about needing to be emotionally aware, to be self aware, to be, you know, how do you self manage, right? How, you know, um, your relationship skills, your decision making as a parent all yes. of that stuff, the stakes get pretty high as a parent, right? And yes. so we need to be evolved in that area. And up yes. until this point, you know, we weren't necessarily that way. So I think we need help. We need yes. help learning how to identify our own emotions, what is yes. our own stress so that we can teach it to our kids too. Exactly. And we need to teach boys and girls, not just yes. girls. That's right? right. That's right. Boys boys are so often, I, I sort of use these three words just to sort of blanket it, but, you know, they get Sad, glad and mad. You know, yeah, they don't yeah. get a lot like girls do,
1: you know. Right, right, and I think that's a good point about um, parents, because one, it speaks to what you just said, that we educate our children so much academically, and we're on top of that, and we're, you know, talking to their teachers and getting them prepped for this school and that school, and I think part of that is because that's what we know, that's what we're comfortable with, that's the information we get, and we're we're more confident in that area. If someone said, well, let's, you know, get on board here with, with taking care of your kid emotionally and getting them on a really good emotional track, most parents are kind of going, well, ah, how do I do that? I don't know how to do that. Yeah. What It's not yeah, as I, tangible. Exactly. There's no guidelines. There's no, and, and partly we're, we're well-versed in the academics because we have this educational system that promotes that. And as it should, we need educational learning. You know, we need academic learning. We need to be educationally sound, but we, just as much, we need the Emotional learning and the emotional competence, and and as parents, parents are always saying, "What can I do for my kid? How can mm. I help them?" And I say, the best thing you can do for your child is to be emotionally healthy yourself, mm-hmm. and and that, because we're the role models, mm-hmm. and we're the ones who are in charge, <laughs> and we're the ones who are influencing what they're learning and what we say is a priority, mm-hmm. and so if we're hesitant in that area, which is normal. I mean, we're human, and we haven't necessarily gotten the education or the skills ourselves. Um, so then, how can we teach our kids if we don't have it ourselves?
0: Yeah, and guess what? The best thing is, it, and you know this, and for the listeners, the best thing is, is IQ is set in stone, but EQ, your emotional quotient, can always grow and be nurtured. Yes. Right? You can yes. always get that if you didn't have it
1: don't worry about it. It's never too late, right? Absolutely. That, I have that in a number of my books when you say that I'm thinking because I always talk about it's never too late to turn it around. No. And, I, and I, there's so many stories of people that I know who have you know, had a really hard time and struggled and then actually turned it around and their, mm. their lives have just come out beautifully. And so it's important yeah. to, to give our kids that hope too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and so having said all of that, and, and I, and I, and
0: I want to ask you about what we do as parents. Um, but first, I just want to ask you about what kids are facing right now. Because it seems to me, and you talk about feelings, you talk about worries, anxiety, right? That's what you're, you know, you have a self-esteem book and uh, workbook for teens, and you have an anxiety workbook for teens. So tell me, why are we seeing so yeah. much anxiety in our kids, and why is their self esteem low? So let's start with anxiety first. What is
1: going okay. on? That's a good question. And it those happen to be the two books that you're familiar with, but yes, the, the ones, the series that these books are in, those workbooks, uh, mm-hmm. instant help workbooks, the publisher has a vast amount of other issues too. So it's not just self esteem and anxiety. I also have a book on depression and and okay. other and eating disorders and stuff, but anxiety is definitely at the top these days, along with depression. And and I think self-esteem is is a base for so much of that. It's a foundation for how we handle those things. So, And I think, honestly, I mean, they're good books, but I also think that's one of the reasons they're two of the biggest sellers, mm-hmm. is because it's so prevalent and, and one really bases the other. Um, but, so, why is it happening? And why are there so many problems? And the anxiety and depression and suicide rates in our teens and young adults and youth are higher. Uh, I think this last statistic at US News and World Report last year was um, suicide rate being higher than it's been in 20 years. It's peaked, like in recorded history. And anxiety and depression continue to rise in our Mm -hmm. our kids, too, not just teens, but younger kids. And there's a lot of, you know, I read a lot of articles. I have my own ideas and talk to people. Um, The three things that come up the most one is uh our kind of scarier society these days Uh, we have a lot of random acts of violence we have a lot of instability um and and not just that but everyone knows about it so a child is going to know about it Mm -hmm. 100 years ago which is going back pretty far but we didn't know what was happening across on the other side of the country. Um, we didn't have it in the palm of our hand to see pictures of it. We didn't have, and and it's, I'm not saying that's all bad, but we were, we were more protected and there probably wasn't as much. Um, but, but that's one thing kids don't grow up feeling safe and secure as they may have even, you know, two generations ago. Um, because there's just so much more going on, and because they know about it, they're aware of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's really access to information
1: that yes. you're, you're
0: talking that- about, and and yeah, we've made the world really small, so small that it can fit in the palm of your hand in your phone. Yes. And I know that from my own experience with my kids. You know, I've got one son who is scared to death that he's going to get. The coronavirus, right? Uh, and yeah. and and I mean that's just not going to happen for him, right? But you know you hear all of the news; it's the top story yes. for everything, or it has been lately. And uh, and and of course that's got to breed anxiety. It, I know, and I know I've seen it in him; it definitely does. But in general, yeah, I can right. see a lot of that.
1: Right, everything, everything that's happening, whether it's a a natural a disaster, as far as you know, weather or hurricanes mm-hmm. or whatever's happening, or, or acts of violence, or, um, you know, health issues, like you're saying, physical health issues, it we we know about everything, and we hear every day, you know, oh my God, you know, the, <laughs> there's a lot of sensationalism, and I and I'm not, I'm not um saying we shouldn't have media, but. Mm-hmm. But there's, I personally, I kind of, I try to protect myself and stay away from it because I don't need, you know, I, I need to know what's going on in the world, yes, but mm-hmm. I don't need to be bombarded all the time with fear. And, yes. um, and there's a difference between education and, and fear. Um, and I, I do have the uh, the Good News Network feeding into my email every day. So, nice. so every yeah. day, even though I'm also hearing, you know, the stuff we need to be aware of that's going on, I'm hearing, oh, You know, these people helped these other people, or there was a cure found for this, or you know, a dog Mm. saved its master. So that's how I balance. You know, I get Mm. a I get a little bit of that good stuff coming in too.
0: That's really important, absolutely, because it does stress us out and it does make us worry and whether we like it or not, our stress is contagious. Our worries, absolutely. Uh, especially. Our kids our can feel that. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. They can feel it. Right. Uh, and I wonder if that's also part of the reason why there's so much anxiety because we are the most stressed out generation too. Like yeah. our parents, you, you know, <laughs> my fellow parents right now with kids that are still in school, uh, you know, we are stressed. We're doing yes. all the things and we feel like we have to do all the things perfectly too.
1: Yes. And that's huge. That's, you know, I I see that so much in parents. And one of my biggest messages to parents is, you know, take a breath and understand that you can't be the perfect parent. That person doesn't exist. You can do your best. and And it sounds so cliche, but it's true. You know, Take care of yourself. Again, be healthy yourself mm-hmm. and then you can help your child and you are going to make mistakes. There's absolutely no way around it. If you spend every moment of every day and every ounce of energy you have trying to be the perfect parent, you will fail because mm-hmm. it just doesn't exist. So we do what we can. and and if, like you, you're aware, you're having podcasts, you're educating people, you're coaching parents and parents to take advantage of that, you know, that all will help. Mm -hmm. And you end up hopefully in what we call the healthy middle ground. Everybody's going to have some little issue or something to deal with, but basically they're stable and balanced. Mm -hmm. That's what we that's what we work for.
0: And and look, I I don't think you can say it enough that it's okay. We are not perfect. I, Robin McMahon, parent coach, am not a perfect mother. I make mistakes too. I'm only human. And that's where self compassion comes in. To to recognize that to be flawed, to make mistakes, is a shared human experience. And And if you think the mom beside you is not is doing it all right, don't worry,
1: she's not. (laughs) Exactly. And that's one of the main basis of healthy self-esteem, yeah. is that I recognize, I, I celebrate my strengths, and mm. I accept my vulnerabilities, and I do the same with you, so I don't say, oh, wow, that person is, you know, the perfect parent, and I'm so bad, no, but I also don't say, oh, I'm so much better than them, I, I recognize mm. we're all, we're all in this together, you know, we're all doing what we can do, and, and that's a, a huge part of healthy self-esteem, is that I think that's equality, the... the-
0: yeah. The key that you just, that you just said that I heard you say is that I recognize it in me, but I also recognize it in you. Yes. That yes. is how we spread the love. That is how we change the dynamic yes. between us as parents. Yes. I think that, that is.
1: And huge. that's assertive communication, which um, we, we kind of call the, the healthiest form of communication versus passive or aggressive. Mm-hmm. So I recognize, that's when I recognize my right to stand up and speak my opinion. And I also recognize and respect yours to do the mm-hmm. same, mm-hmm. so.
0: And, and, and it's okay if we don't agree, right?
1: Yes, it's okay. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time someone told me that because I, I was raised with parents who had emotional health challenges. So, and mm-hmm. I remember the first time I spoke to someone and he said, well, we don't have to agree. And I just about fell off my chair. I'm like, oh my God, really? <laughs> we, don't. <laughs> we don't? That's an amazing concept. Like, yeah. you know, that's not what I learned when I grew up. So yeah. anyway, those things are really important. Well, I think
0: there would be a lot less shame if we just allowed each other to be the best person that we can be and whoever yeah. that is for us. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. On paper, you know, I felt I failed. I couldn't, you know, give birth uh, without a C-section. I couldn't nurse my kids. And already that I was a failure, you know, but just knowing that, look, I'm not alone. And I hear that so often just in the groups that I run and in the parents that I talk to in the emails that I send out, people are like, I am
1: just so happy. I'm not alone. Right, right, exactly. And I think that some of this, what we're talking about also kind of translate to this one of the second main reasons that we talk about this rise in anxiety and depression and that's because of social media mm-hmm. and and again that social media isn't all negative thing but our kids are are put into or put themselves into positions of such high levels of comparison yeah. and we've people have been comparing themselves to others since you know time began but when you are only seeing the best of someone else which that's what they're going to put out there and you compare yourself to that it's that's when you just sink and you oh i'm not like that or i didn't have as many likes or as many friends or as many mm-hmm. parties or don't look like this or whatever and and that's where we get in trouble and and that's actually cited as one of the, as the second main reason for a lot of the anxiety and depression in kids Mm -hmm. um, is this, is this comparison thing. And, you know, it's, there's a great quote I have in one of the books. I can't remember it exactly, but it's something about, you know, you're comparing your outtakes to someone else's highlight reel. Yes. Wow. and, And we all have our outtakes. And, and we all have a highlight reel, you know? Well,
0: and, and, and personally, the way we work in our brains is that we have a negativity bias. So our outtakes are, are what stands out for us. And then we're comparing it to someone's real or maybe not real highlight reel, right? Yes. With their filters, their, you know, all this stuff, right? right? Like they took that picture 17 times before they got the one that they thought they looked the best in, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes.
0: I love and, that is a good quote.
1: <laughs> and that and and now that I'm thinking about that too, the social media part is another factor with that is the cyberbullying and and I read somewhere which sticks with me a lot. A, a kid can be sitting on the couch next to his parents watching TV at home and being bullied like on his mm-hmm. phone sitting next to him or her so so that's also something and this plays into self-esteem in a big Mm -hmm. way because when we have healthy self-esteem one we don't accept the bullying but two we don't need to bully Mm -hmm. so it's not what sometimes we think about healthy esteem, and oh this child has low self-esteem and that's why there's a problem and he's being she's being bullied the kids who are bullying don't have healthy self-esteem, or they wouldn't need to do it. Exactly. Because again, if I'm I'm confident in myself, Mm -hmm. and I believe in my equality to you and everyone around me, we're all fine. Mm -hmm. We don't have to prove anything. I don't have to say, I'm better than you. I don't have to build myself up by putting you down. That's right. So, so there's no need for that out of balance relationship. And it, and that's, you know, that's an ideal that, you know, could that ever happen that we're all, we all get that. I don't know, but it's, it's the goal to strive for. And that's what, what I feel is the basis of healthy self-esteem is mm. that, is that understanding of our equality with others. So,
0: and maybe that's a journey, not a destination, you know? Well, yeah, good point. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 it's so you sort of said instability scare your society, you said social media, and then is there a third?
1: Yeah, and the third one, um, interestingly that come rises to the top most often is pressure to succeed. Mm. And it's pressure, and I I see this every day, I shouldn't say every day, every week. <laughs> but in my counseling practice, kids feel a lot of pressure to get the grades, to get into the good schools, to have you know, all the community service and the extracurricular activities and all the stuff that, you know, I as a, not a teenager today, um, when I was in, in high school, we just decided, yeah, like to go to college if we wanted to or whatever we're going to do after school and we after high school we would just plan it and do it we didn't have to have oh well you better have this on your on your college Mm -hmm. app and you better have this on your college app and and it I don't know I you know I was a pretty good student but I didn't worry and stay up nights and stress and have anxiety about my GPA I took my ACT and my SAT sets once and Mm -hmm. and Kids now are taking them three, four, five times to get that score higher and higher and higher. And they're, and they're stressing about it so much. And I, you know, I got average scores on it, and I got into school, and it, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Um, it was a deal, not a big deal. But I think that is, that's a part of it, and it's starting earlier and earlier. Mm-hmm. So I will talk to middle school-age kids who are worried about grades so that they can get a good job after college. And they're 12, 13, 14 years mm-hmm. old. You know, they're supposed to be just out playing. <laughs> and, exactly. And they're not supposed to be thinking about this stuff yet.
0: So what do we do instead then? So as parents, okay, we, we're worried, right? We know there's competition out there. Um, I, I mean, I probably have a more unconventional um, idea and approach to school and post-secondary school for my own family. Yeah. Uh, to me, To be honest, it it doesn't matter to me if they get a a post-secondary education in in a traditional sense. Okay, so I'm just Uh going to say that. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that that's okay. That's okay with me because I also know that the jobs of the future may not be what is being taught necessarily in university right now. Right, that's so there's right. that. But for for parents that have taken a traditional route, that have gone to high school, post secondary, had a job, uh, you know, a career, uh, you know, a, a traditional sort of a a, a a journey, what do we say to them about their kids when they are worried about their future?
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's a good question. And first of all, I think your stance is admirable, and I think that more of us need to. Think that way, and it open our minds a little bit, you know. If if our child, I, I had so many friends that, as I was growing up, even, and I see kids today that, like, I really don't want to do that, mom. I just, I have a friend that I visited last week, um, and I, she's ill actually, and I, mm. I commended her that I remember her being a really good student in high school and her parents saying okay now where are you going to go to college and you know you can do this and you can do this and she goes you know that's just not for me it's mm-hmm. just not for me i i want to be a wife and a mom mm-hmm. and well they weren't opposed to that but you need that education and you're so smart you should be doing this and she just stuck by her own convictions and and she ended up and she was a wife and a mom and a wonderful one and she also ended up sliding into a career that was just perfect for her skills and her talents and her passions, and she didn't need that education. And And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that happens with everyone, but it's absolutely possible. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely possible. And, you know, so that, first of all, I think we need to be open to helping our children find themselves mm-hmm. because if you are using your natural talents and skills, there's a greater chance you're going to be successful at what you do Mm -hmm. than if you are pushing yourself into a career choice, whatever that may be that requires extra schooling or not, that is not what you're naturally, you know, cut out to be because you're you're not on the path <laughs> that's that's right for you um, and and I'm sure there's exceptions to that but I've seen that over and over again. So yeah,
0: yeah. And I think what parents are doing is, and and with the best intentions, but what we're doing is we're living in the future and we're not looking at the child that we have right now. So yes, Yes. right? Yes. Have an eye to the future. Sure. Of course, we don't want to you know negate that that's coming. But if you're only living in the future, you may miss what's happening with your child right now.
1: Yes. Right. Exactly. And they. Yeah. And you may miss that they're saying, "I don't even want this, mom. Yes. Dad. Yes. Right. And if you're paying attention Mm -hmm. to right now you're teaching your child to do that too and that's where self-awareness comes in Mm. so oh i'm not if i'm if i'm in the future which doesn't exist actually right now right um then am i paying attention to myself to my emotions to my likes and my dislikes to or am i just being programmed or thinking i need to program myself because this is what i should do or have to do and and so that that takes away our ability to have self-awareness. Self-awareness mm. exists in the present moment because we only exist in the present moment. So I'm, I'm right. really glad you brought that up. That's that's a huge part of it. And it also speaks to the difference between planning and worrying. Yes. Planning for the future, yes. Okay, I have to plan ahead mm. to buy groceries so that I can cook tomorrow's meal, or whatever, but I don't need to worry about it. So mm. I plan for – Here's some things you could do in the future, but we don't have to make them like the most critical thing. Like, oh, if you don't do this, if you don't get, get this done or this great or this, you know, um, mm.
0: that's like catastrophizing it in your head or yes, we're just blowing it fear. out
1: here. Yeah. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Worry is based in fear. Planning is proactive. It's, it's, yes. yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, and I also think too, that l- look for, for parents that are in this space where, you know, they're thinking about their child's future when they're young, when they're even single digits, like eight, yeah. nine, you know, yeah. I, 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 and I'm sure you would say the same thing is I would want everybody to just take a moment and check in with yourself, right? This is that self awareness piece you talk about too, but check yeah. in with yourself and say, is this about my child or is it about me? Is yes. It, is it that I want this for them? Yes. They even want this. What exactly. do they want, right? Like, right. you know, um, and, I've, and I've had parents say, oh, well, don't, don't take that away from me. I'm like but it's not yours anyway. Yes.
1: be <laughs> taken away from you. Yes. Very <laughs> right? good point. Very good point. And I I think parents have done that since the beginning of time that we yes. we want not necessarily consciously no. but we want the best for our kids and we want if there's something that we wanted or that we didn't have oh well, they can have that. I want it for them. Yes, though. yes. Of course, and, we have the best intentions. Yes. Right. Right. And part of that comes from the best intentions and in loving our children. But part of it also comes, often unconsciously, from are still wanting that ourselves mm-hmm. and and that's okay you can see you can be sad that you didn't ever have that mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's right for your child no your child is a different person from you absolutely and
0: i have the i have a client i was so i was so happy i was like literally jumping up and down because she said you know what i've given up trying to get my kids to play the piano so i started taking
1: lessons i was like oh yes, that's exactly perfect. right Right. perfect yes that's a that's exactly the perfect example of that
0: yeah if you want it so
1: bad just do it yourself <laughs> right right yeah. very oh, very true this
0: is so funny okay so let's okay so we we really have these three reasons why um, kids self-esteem is, is suffering yeah. and from the self-esteem is where we get um, caught with anxiety right is that
1: well and not just the self-esteem I think I think the anxiety comes from it it, well okay it's kind of a circle because if we have anxiety if we're feeling Mm. anxiety about social pressure or future pressure or fears of our safety and that brings up anxiety Um, that can can lead to depression because Mm -hmm. we're scared all the time or we can't manage the anxiety, so then we feel hopeless and helpless. Mm -hmm. Also, if we don't, that can affect our self-esteem. So I'm just starting with anxiety for this one. So if I also have, I'm having panic attacks, Mm -hmm. so I'm embarrassed or I don't know what to do about that or I think there's something wrong with me, Mm -hmm. and then I feel bad about myself. So if I have a solid sense of self-esteem, I can recognize that having anxiety or experiencing anxiety doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It's a condition. It's like if I have an allergy to strawberries, it doesn't mean, oh, I'm a bad person or I'm not good enough or it's just a condition. It's what it's what is. I might be able to work on that allergy to strawberries. I might not. I can often work on my anxiety and, and you know, have things get better to some degree um, Mm. more so for, for others, but. Okay. So
0: can I ask you then, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I know, and I hear, I hear kids, I hear parents worry about this with their kids. Um, and, and these are kids that, that I don't feel are, are necessarily, um, impacted by the social media or instability or Uh um the the pressure to succeed as much but you know a five-year-old saying you know i'm so stupid i hate myself Uh, or where does that come from yeah yeah so
1: early yes i know um a lot of that is our self-messages you know, so what that, well, that is a self message. I'm so stupid. Mm-hmm. I hate myself. So that's mm-hmm. something I'm telling myself, where do we get those messages from? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our messages come from the people around us. So our family, our friends, our relatives, our neighbors, et cetera, a lot of them come from our culture and society. Mm-hmm. And we take, you know, we're, we're not born thinking I'm so stupid. I hate myself. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so we hear things or we compare mm. you know, and a, a lot of that is that comparing, trying to figure out who I am and, and that's why we compare too. who am I? Well, I'm going to look at you and see who you are mm-hmm. and who am I like compared to you and there's nothing wrong with that. That's kind of how we figured out, but it's that negativity that's that's so harsh and that we don't want to have. Um, so like in the self-esteem workbook, there's a number of exercises that talk about your authentic self. So who are you before you got self mes- any messages from mm-hmm. your parents, your family, your friends, society, your culture, when you look on the internet or Social media, or watch t- even watch TV. You don't have to be on social media at five years old to. You're watching TV, or you're watching Hulu, or you're, you know, you're playing games or something, and you're still you're already comparing, and you're still getting messages, mm-hmm. still getting messages. Mm-hmm. So it's it's what do we do with those? And there are also, I mean, chemically, there are different chemical and genetic patterns that make us more prone to depression, more prone to anxiety. Mm-hmm. The, the, the depressed brain or the brain prone to depression has a hard harder time pulling away from negativity.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: there's an, an average person might have something happen to them and they go, oh, you know, that was bad, but well, okay, I'm going to go on and do this and not think about it. Someone with a... a brain chemistry that is prone to depression has a much harder time letting go of that and their their neural patterns want to go back and back and back to that negative experience to that negative message and it's harder for them to pull away
0: you're currently listening to parenting our future i'm parent coach robin mcmahon and i hope you're enjoying the show so far Did you know that by the age of six, many girls believe that they're less smart than boys? And only 19% of children's books showcase women with jobs or career ambition? As a parent, are you looking for stories to inspire your little girl to pursue her dreams without limits? Well, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls Podcast is an expansion of its best-selling book, which tells hundreds of bedtime stories about the lives of extraordinary women from the past and the present. Designed to close the confidence gap in young girls, these stories explore the talent and results of incredible women across every possible field, from astronauts, chefs, trombonists, judges, scientists, and tennis players. From Jane Goodall to Simone Biles. So to inspire the Rebel Girl in your life, go and find Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls on your favorite podcast player. Now, back to the show. There is a a graph that I use um, that is from Sonia um, Lubininsky on the How of Happiness. I don't know if I said her name right or not. I I, I don't know. I guarantee that I did not. (laughs) Um, And so... um, Uh, this is, it it shows a graph of, uh, it's it's a circle graph, pie graph of happiness. And 50% is is dictated by your genetics. 10% is your life experience. So whether you're married or not, or in a relationship or not, whether you're educated, whether you have money, whether you're healthy or not, and 40% is dictated by the internal state of your mind. So your mindset. Right, absolutely. You're choosing your thoughts and 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 that sort of thing, but I, I think that it's really um, I'm so glad that you brought up the genetic side of thing because I think maybe that is the 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 piece uh, that is an important one is that your mind may just because of genetics chemically be tilted towards more yeah. of more of right. be more susceptible to be more negative or depressed or that absolutely
1: sort of but okay. the good news is that mm-hmm. that can be changed as neuroscience tells us now which we've known for some time now our brains are what they call plastic so as long as we are alive we can make those changes so even if you've got that genetic base it can be changed some Literally. people for yeah absolutely okay. for some people it's a lot harder than others but that is what medication and psychotherapy are about because both medication and psychotherapy affect those chemicals and help you to shift away from that extreme whatever that is for you oh that's so, very yeah cool. yeah and then that's that's what people need to know It's you're not yeah. stuck with what you've got right, right.
0: That's so great. And so that your, um, yeah, your, your ability to, to be happy and to, to have strong self-esteem and manage
1: your anxiety yes. and all that, there's hope for everybody. Absolutely. And so when you said 40% thoughts, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of using our thoughts because they're mm-hmm. so powerful. And, um, and that our thoughts, our, our self-esteem is what we think about ourselves. Mm. That's a thought. Mm-hmm. It's not what someone else tells us, what someone else thinks about us. I mean, everyone in the world can say we're the best person out there, but mm-hmm. if we don't think that, it doesn't matter. It doesn't or they matter. can say we're the worst person out there. And if we don't think that, it doesn't matter. So again, our thoughts are so powerful. And I, I teach people that self-esteem is in your hands. Mm-hmm. You're not stuck not liking yourself. You're not stuck mm-hmm. because, well, you know, somebody told me this a long time ago or my teacher said I'd never be amount to anything. Mm-hmm. Okay that was a a sentence uh, that came in, and your ears picked it up, but now it's, and and as children, we don't have um, necessarily even the cognitive power, but certainly not the cognitive awareness to question that, but as adults, we do, Mm -hmm. so we can say like, okay, well, now I'm 20, 30, 40, do I want to keep that thought? You know, do I want to stick with that and have it keep driving my bus forever? Or do I want to go, oh, well, no, actually I don't. You know, maybe I'll just shoot that one down. And we have the ability to do that as adults. It doesn't mean you can snap your fingers and it's gone, but we do have that ability.
0: So, Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, who knew we could question our thoughts, right? And yeah. our thoughts are not facts, I'm passionate Absolutely. about that. And Absolutely, also, yeah, and also, you know, you can change your thoughts. You can think a new thought. Yes. The, 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 the problem that we get that we get into is that our brain, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, uh, depending on what whether the thought is positive or negative, is it goes in search of proving it to be true for us too, yeah. right? It's like when you see yes. the, that one car on the street that you never saw before, and then you see five of them. It's like, yes. oh, no, they're everywhere. Well, if I think I'm stupid, then I'm going to just mess mentally tick off things where I feel that like life has shown me I'm stupid. Right. But that's that. But if you can say I am, I am a work in progress instead or something like that, you know, and that's a
1: thought, that's a thought, that's a different thought to choose. I'm a work in progress and understanding that's one of the best things. And this is social, emotional learning. We need to teach our kids exactly what you just said, Mm. you know, even though we have this thought, it doesn't mean it's permanent or that it's real. And that's so important to teach children. I, say, I have kids sit in my office all the time and I say, they will. but, you know, this, and they say it, I go, okay, that's a thought. I said, if I told you, you know, say I'm working with a, a you know, 15 year old little blonde girl. And, mm. and I say, if I told you, you were an eight foot um, tall basketball player in the NBA, you can have that thought You say that until I'm an eight foot tall basketball player in the NBA. Okay. You're having that thought, right? Is it true? And they go, well, of course not. It's not true. You know, and they laugh, but that's the point we can. So many thoughts come into our minds when we, when we understand and when we are educated that, okay, this is what's happening, but I have a choice about what I want to do with that. That's Mm -hmm. so empowering. And that's one of the things that, that helps with our children is we need to empower them to understand that they can make changes in their self-esteem, in their anxiety levels, their depression levels, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. they can make changes and it's not permanent. And they need, we need to give them that hope Mm -hmm. and dispel that helplessness and hopelessness because that's what eventually leads to, I can't Mm -hmm. tolerate being alive anymore. I don't have any hope why, you know, there's nothing yeah. I can do. But what do, you,
0: what do you do in those cases where you're, where, where you are a parent who is trying to work with them through a difficult time, a dark time, but they reject the facts of that you, the, the fact that you can change your thoughts. What if they just out and out reject that? Do you just keep trying or is there a better way? Like, what would you do?
1: That's hard. And, and that, it kind of depends on, what's happening in that child's life Um, and their brain may be rejecting that. You know, if they're not open to hearing something different, it's a lot harder. Sometimes um, I can't work with people unless they are on some kind of medication because Mm -hmm. that allows their brain to get to a point where we can work on their thoughts, yeah, right. And and I'm not saying, oh well, put the kid on meds right away, but I but sometimes know. that's the answer. Mm. Um, and sometimes you really do need the professional help. You don't always, mm. but sometimes you do, um, because sometimes also just being in the role of the parent works against you, and yeah. and they need to hear something from. An outside person. Mm. It's like Um, above your pay grade, basically, right? Like (laughs) this is, this might be too much for you to handle. Definitely sometimes. And also, just because you're the parent, they might, sometimes they just automatically shut that down. I I, I mean, parents see this all the time where, you know, they're telling their kids something over and over and over again, and the kid doesn't listen. And then they come home one day and say, hey, you know what, Mrs. So-and-so said this, or, you know, my mom's friend said this, and I think it's a great idea. And you're like, well, I've told you that 7,000 times, but you're not going (laughs) to listen to me, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all know they don't, kids don't do what we say, they do what we
1: do. And yes, and that's the argument for modeling. And that's the whole thing about what can I do for my child? Be healthy yourself. Find your own emotional health, your own emotional balance. If we are, if we're not in control of our own emotions, not that you are every minute of the day, that's impossible. But if if you're not balanced and stable yourself, how can you possibly expect your child to be that way? Or how can you teach them? Mm-hmm. And So it, it comes, so much of it comes back to us. And if, if we are struggling, which we're all human, then we need to work on ourselves too. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with working on it as a family mm-hmm. or saying, you know, I think our family really needs some work on handling anger or handling overwhelm. You know, how do we do that? So I think we need to make that a priority because we say that to our kids. I think you need to get a math tutor or I think you need to work on your spelling a little extra. We also need to be talking to them about let's work on what you do when you're that upset instead of Mm. having a tantrum or Flooring, throw yourself on the floor or so we need to be talking about emotional health mm-hmm. and, and making it more of an everyday normal conversation, a normal topic, which will also helps when a child then has a problem and they don't feel ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. And they go, Oh yeah, you know, we were talking about this at home or we we're talking about this in school or I, my dream is that we have Emotional education or social emotional learning just like we have physical education because you know it was back in the 1800s somebody figured out oh physical education is really helpful for academic learning and now physical education PE every kid has PE right because we understand that it's important for our our well-being our, Mm -hmm. our overall health. Well, same thing with emotional education. I want to, I hope I live to the day when kids talk mm-hmm. about their EE class versus their PE classes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have emotional education right now. And and they they get that just along with everything else because mm-hmm. it's, it's part of being a balanced human being. And yeah. right now things are not. That balanced.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, one of the things that I, I talk to you about the the parents that I that I work with, and and really, I tell anybody that'll listen. Uh, and it sounds a little corny, but just what I say is, I speak in the language of feelings and needs with my family and my kids. Oh, I will say things like, "I am overwhelmed today. I am so." you know, I am so busy. I have so many things on my plate today that I'm sorry if I'm not very responsive or I'm sorry if I sound grouchy, please know that it's not you. It's not your fault. It's me. And I'm just struggling. Right. And I talk to my husband that way too. And, um, and, and, you know, um, sometimes I'll cry and I'll just say, look, you guys, I'm sorry. And, Mm -hmm. And then they do it to me too. Uh, which is which is really helpful because then I can help you once we start talking about it then I can say okay you're scared okay you're nervous okay you are frustrated you're mad Yes. That I can work with. How do we work that out? And then once we deal with that, then it it goes to what you were saying. Then it's like, let's practice the skills that we need then. Yes. How do
1: we deal with this when we're angry? What is the solution, right? Yes. And that's modeling. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So you're modeling for them that it's okay to have emotions. Mm -hmm. And you're modeling labeling. I have like a four-step feeling plan. So step Mm -hmm. one is I label it. I name it. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm feeling. So like you said, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling upset, whatever that is. And then number two is accept it. It's okay. It's always okay to feel anything that we feel. Mm -hmm. So when we get messages like, oh, well, you shouldn't be angry, or you have no right to feel that, or why would you feel that? We got to throw those out and accept every feeling we have. Now, it's not okay to do something with that feeling that hurts yourself or hurts someone else. Mm -hmm. But it's, we, we always have to start start by saying, this is what I'm feeling and that's okay. Mm. And then the third thing is how do I express that? Emotion is something we we experience emotion physically in our bodies and we need to release that in order to bring us, that's emotional regulation. That's a lot of what this book is about is emotional Mm. regulation. And where do I go with that? So like what the book has is we have breathing and we have visualization and we have mm-hmm. coloring and we have collaging and we have, um, you know, just anything that helps you release music, release something in a healthy way. Or you have a calm down corner in your house mm-hmm. where you've got paper and crayons and scissors and the Nerf bats or, you know, anything that helps, you know, your kids. Help. And that's just for the parents. Huh? Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but that's, you're joking, but seriously, parents can model that. So a parent says, I am feeling so angry right now. I just had this really hard day at work. I'll see you in a minute. I'm going to the calm down corner. Yeah. And, and, your, and your child learns that. They learn it's okay to feel something. And here's what I do when yes. I'm having a, a big feeling. Mm-hmm. So I have to find a healthy way to express it. And then number four, I do something to take care of myself. What do I need right now? Do I need to cry? Do I need a hug? Do I need to just go get under the covers for a little while? Do I need to watch some funny cat videos or (laughs) or puppy videos or something to get me back on track? to take care of myself. So I label it, I accept it, I express it in a healthy way, and then I recenter myself by doing something to take care of me and you know and this is stuff we can teach our children just like we teach them how to make sandwiches or drive cars or throw laundry in the hamper you know we we teach them how to tie their shoes we can teach them how to manage their feelings it's Mm. just that we don't realize that because we don't we don't think we know ourselves or we go well how would i do that you know um and again social emotional learning this is this is something that we need to be helping parents with because, and sometimes you know a lot more than you think you do. That's Mm. another thing. You know, we're not just all emotionally inept at all, but sometimes we just don't realize what we do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's where, you know, the, the, the saying, well, count to 10, that's been around forever. But do you realize why we do that? Because when you stop and count to 10, you're removing yourself from the situation, you're taking a break. You know, these are coping skills. Mm-hmm. and we, just, we need to teach our kids those.
0: Yeah. yeah, and connection to your breath is is so easy yes. and yes. so immediate, and we yes. know it calms you down. Yes, and I, I talk about square breathing um, all the time, and I have to tell you the cutest little story. Yes. I have a client, and uh, and I talk to them about about box breathing, right, where you draw a square basically in the air or or on a paper or whatever, and you're breathing in for four hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four. Well, mm-hmm. they talked to their daughter and she's, she's young. Uh, she's four. And they said, you can even pick your shape. Cause I said, look, she can do a triangle, yes. whatever. And so she has yes. a heart. She does oh. one side of the heart to breathe in and the other side of the heart to breathe out. And it works. Is that not The perfect. cutest thing ever. I just love it. I just love that's it. That's
1: wonderful. And that's so, see, That's empowering. Then the child learns, I can manage my emotions. Mm -hmm. I can tolerate discomfort. And here's what I can do to help calm myself down. And that's what they need to do. We need to help our kids understand that they they can do that. They can calm themselves down. Mm -hmm. The breath, especially. So I, I, I tell people, do you think, do you breathe? And they're like, well, Yes. I mean, no one's ever said no so far. And <laughs> and I thought, if you breathe and you think you have two of the most powerful tools mm-hmm. for managing emotions, for tolerating discomfort, mm-hmm. for handling overwhelm, for anything. And the good news is because, oh, we don't want to be bothered with something that takes up too much time. Well, guess what? Your breath you have it there with you, your thoughts too. They're there all the time. You don't have to go out and get them. You don't have to find the right size. You don't have to remember to put them in your backpack. You know, it's, you've got these things with you and in you. And it's just as simple as you just said, as just, oh, I need to do my shape now because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling this. And so I'm going to make my little heart. And within minutes... You can be centered and balanced again. Those kinds of things. I'm so glad you're teaching parents. Oh, that. yes, yes. Yeah. Teaching them so that they can teach their kids too. Because, yes. you
0: know, uh, with all of this, self-esteem as parents are, is low. Right, we do yeah. feel like we're failing, and this kind of brings us right around to the beginning of what our conversation started at. Is is you know, parents, we we do feel like we are failing. We do feel like Uh-oh. we're not doing it right. That we have this idea of this perfect parent that we are supposed to be, and that does not exist. Right, and it is absolutely. I mean, who, who wants that anyway? You know, I mean, we're flawed human beings, and and we need yeah. to accept it
1: and love. And that. But that speaks to our own self-esteem, Yeah, Exactly, right? yeah, right? yeah. So again, celebrating my strengths and accepting my vulnerabilities mm-hmm. and accepting that I, no, I can't do anything perfectly actually and embracing imperfection and, and the thought that imperfection is good enough because that's all we've got. We actually don't have perfection so we better darn well be okay with imperfection, you know, and, and, and helping our kids know that from day one. No,
0: and you know what's really funny is that if you were the perfect parent, everybody would find flaws in that. And everybody, you know what I mean? Like that's just—it's such a—it's such a, it's just not real. It's not real. Let's stop it. There is no such thing as perfect. We are, you know, we, you know, celebrate your strengths and accept your vulnerabilities. Right.
1: And and compare. If you're going to compare, compare to yourself six months ago, two years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, have I, am I making progress, you know, strive for progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. That's another good thought because absolutely it's not, we don't want to just sit here and go, oh, well, can't do it perfectly. Oh, well, so what, you know, if I screw up? Well, yes, you accept your imperfection, but also that doesn't mean you stop striving, working without intense pressure, you know, Oh. Yeah. And, and when, when we're compassionate with ourselves like that, that's one that's in the self-esteem book too, is the power of compassion. Because when we're compassionate with ourselves, we, we know forgiveness, self-forgiveness mm. and self-acceptance. And then if we say, oh, okay, well, I didn't do that perfectly, but that's okay. You know, now I'm going to try this next. That mm. allows us to try this next. If we say, oh my God, that was terrible. I always screw up. Do we want to try again? No, because we feel like failures. Well, I'm always a failure. I can never do anything right. So then that doesn't encourage us.
0: And you know what's really funny about that is at what point did we decide that failure or not doing something right the first time meant failure?
1: Yes. Right? What if we were
0: babies? What if our babies, as they tried to make a step, were like, screw it. Yes,
1: (laughs) I'm the worst baby in the world. I can't even walk yes yes. I use that as an example for kids all the time I'm so glad you brought that up because because oh I I messed up again I messed up again I said let's think about all the things you succeeded in do you walk and they're like well of course I walk I go okay the wh- how long did it take you to get walking did you do it the first time when you fell over off the couch the first time or when you were hanging on to something did you say oh well all right not gonna do that again you know no you tried again you have you can tolerate discomforts you have perseverance you have you know, the first time you tried to put food in your mouth, did you get it in? Probably not. But that doesn't mean you gave up. Now you're doing it. It's going right in there. No. Yeah. Yes, perfect.
0: And, I, and, and it's just it's just a little, like, cute little reminder, like, okay, you're right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I need to just let myself off the hook. Right. Wherever we got this idea that everything needs to be easy and perfect and right. is just, right. it's got to go out the window because we're right. causing so much pain, anxiety, and stress. Right. And boy, do we deserve more joy in our lives, more yes. love, more happiness, right? Yes. That Excellent. is really who we are as humans. That is what we're all trying to get to peace, harmony, right. joy. And so, and so let's use the tools that you're talking about. And, and, and I just want to, I just want to, um, and, and so my, my podcast, you know, you probably can't see me and Lisa here. If you are, if you're listening on a podcast platform, but this is also on YouTube, YouTube. So you can see us talk, but you've, the, the book that we're, we're talking, we have been talking about one of them is put your feelings here. Uh, but you have put your worries here. You have the self-esteem workbook for, for teens, the anxiety workbook book for teens and like you said you have so many other books depression um all all different topics you know you you have a lot of books but what you have here and and i'm gonna i'm gonna just open it up what you have here is is pages with questions and statements for for our kids to fill out for themselves right and you
1: you their thought-provoking questions and statements. To and really- yeah, and the, the, the goal, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I was it's just okay. thinking the goal when we talk about empowering is to help kids understand because if they do any of the activities in this book and some of them are some of them are, yeah, questions. And, and you have to think about things. Some of them are just collage your feeling or distraction is a way to regulate emotion. So we have one about plan the ultimate party or trace your elbow on this page and write (laughs) things about it. I mean, really? But if you do that, is your overwhelm going to mm-hmm. go down? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And so anytime you do want to follow one of these prompts and you can feel your overwhelming emotion go down a little bit, it's so important to know I did that myself. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even have to go to a therapist. I didn't even have to you know mm-hmm. follow some rule. I have the ability to manage my emotions, to manage my overwhelm, to get my intense emotions down to a better level. So I can do that. And, and that's, again, there's hope, there's help. Mm-hmm. I have the ability to do this myself. And some of this stuff, you know, it doesn't have to be some intense theory that we're following. It can be have fun. It can be, mm-hmm. you know, listen to your music and become the music. You mm-hmm. know, there, a lot of the prompts in there are just, they're, they're feel good things and, mm-hmm. and they're, they are, joyful things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You just mentioned that. I was telling my son uh, on the weekend, I said, you know what makes me, I was singing along to a song that I like. And I said, you yeah. know what actually makes me really happy is when I have a song that I really love and I sing to it really loud, it actually makes me really happy. <laughs> so, poor kid had to listen to me sing,
1: but that's okay. Um, but it does. Like it totally makes me happy. Yes. And that is modeling for your child. You're yeah. saying, here's something that I do, whether you realized it or not, that brings up this emotion in me. Here's here's something that makes me feel good. Yeah. And and you recognize that. And the the other thing, when you do that, and whether whatever book you use, if it's my books or other books, when you see, oh, I can do this, you also, we want the kids to build a skill set for, to use in the future. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing prompts in this book that have you breathing or that have you visualizing you know you're you're on vacation in your absolute favorite place with your absolute favorite people and and your emotional intensity goes down or if you're if you're writing out your frustrating thoughts and then you're taking this page and ripping it out and making confetti out of it and your emotional intensity goes down Mm. you can remember oh that's what helps me so I can Mm. use that again so they're, they're building a skill set, whether it's working with their thoughts, their breath, visualization, hmm. um, you know, poking holes in a page to do something. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And, and, and I'll leave on this one note,
0: because I think that what so many of us are thinking is that as parents now who haven't had this experience of social emotional learning in, in our past, haven't been taught this, is that we're saying I wish I knew this earlier. I wish I knew this yes. when I was younger. Yes. So here yes. is the chance to give it to your kids now. And you yes. grow too. You grow too. You learn too. And right. I've done a lot of work. That's why I know this stuff. Yes. I've done a lot of work on myself. And, and I know how much happier I am, how much more joy I have in my life. It doesn't mean everything's always sunshine and rainbows, but it's pretty good. Right. So right. it's worth it. It's worth right. it.
1: Yeah. It's not always sunshine and rainbows, but... Mm-hmm when we don't have sunshine and rainbows, we need to know that we can tolerate that. That's
0: that right, yes. yes. And this yes. will, yes, that this, this too will pass and, yes. and I can tolerate discomfort. And I think you keep yes. saying that and, and that and I'm really hearing that, that we can tolerate discomfort. Yeah. Um, it, because the funny thing is, is that I think that we, when we look at making changes, we might be resistant because that's uncomfortable. Yeah. we're already uncomfortable here. Yes. So why yeah. not choose a new thing, a new thought, something else to get right. us to the light, to get us right. to feeling free and joy. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful. All good points.
1: This was such a lovely conversation. True. Do you have any last words for us? Oh my gosh. My last words are, I could talk for two more hours because it, the thing, well, what you're talking about is so important, and I'm, I'm really glad that you are doing what you're doing and that you are invite people like myself. Not that I have all the answers by any means, but that you're educating parents and, and that we're getting the word out there that this is important, that our children need to, to learn these things. Um, so I just, you know, keep going. Encourage you. Well, thank you. And and thank you
0: to all the parents listening who want to show up differently for their kids, who who wanna do this in a different way. Um, you know, really it's all you. It's all about the parents listening right now. I I love each and every one of you who listen and who 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 wanna be um a better parent who want to help their kids be the best they can be. And for you to feel good about who you are as a parent too. So Lisa shop, I'm going to put all of the information about your super cool books really everybody listening please know that they like you've got to look you've got to look at them they are full of graphics and fun really they're they're like journals and like I said thought-provoking and and fun and really interesting I really hope that you will look into them as well they are so good and wherever we can get the help, we should take it. So yes. thank you so much, Lisa. All of your information will be there. And, uh, and, and thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe and if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.